Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of Dwarf Fortress Talk. It's Rainseeker here, and I'm here with Captain Tastic. Hello. Toady One, of course. <laughs> and our guest host, Ampersand. Good evening. Welcome. We are going to discuss all things dwarvenly and fortressy, as usual. Uh, today's topic, which was voted by the community, was the siege. Ba-ba-dum. <laughs> Have you guys ever had this happen to you? You created a bridge to protect you from a siege, put a moat around your fortress, and attach the lever to it, and then when the goblins show up, you couldn't find anybody to pull the damn thing. Or you cut down all your trees, piss off the elves, and find your dwarves riddled with elven arrows. Well, we're here today to talk about the siege and uh, maybe some Mega Beast action too, since everyone <laughs> seemed to want to talk about it so much. So, Tarn, how long have sieges been in Dwarf Fortress and what is their purpose? Sieges have been in Dwarf Fortress since, um, before it was released, I guess, I guess around 2004 or something. Uh, they were originally, uh, just this, um, these, they, I think they, there was the underground ones, the, that came from the 2D chasm type thing that was there. You'd have animals come out of there. You'd have these escalating goblin sieges. And you'd also have the kind of year six attacked by undead and all the bodies in your fortress raise up and start killing you, uh, siege. And, uh, when we moved away from having set, uh, set sieges and more towards civilizations in the world, um, that changed a little bit, although there's still a lot of artificial uh, stuff around sieges, like the way that the goblins just kind of ramp up without without um, respecting their civilizations. So the 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 main idea is uh, at at first just to add something for you to do in kind of a fantasy combat type of way, because there's there's the underground and then there's the outside. And the idea with the siege is to give you give you some kind of challenges associated to that. Um, and as we improve the interactions with the outside world. Uh, it'll, it'll be more just to kind of drive the, the plot of what's ever going on while at the same time trying to respect, uh, the notion that it's still a computer game and you, you can't just get jumped by 200 goblins right in the beginning or something like that because your fortress happens to be in the wrong place. Although, um, that wouldn't necessarily be off limits as long as there's some other stuff to balance that out, like your civilization helping you out or something like that. I know that my fortress was my very first fortress was wiped out by a, a goblin siege I, I did not realize would show, <laughs> and I had no no clue how to play, and uh, it showed up and killed everybody basically. Um, what what is Captain Tastic and Ampersand? What has your guys' experience been with uh, sieges? Oh, uh, I've never really had problems with sieges. It's always you know self sabotage it causes problems, but <laughs> I don't know. I pretty fun just to have kind of just waves of guys running into your swords <laughs> but i'm sh- looking forward to in the future them being a bit more clever yeah i guess yeah a little bit yep. more uh planning involved <laughs> yeah because right right now the way i defend against the siege is i ignore it pretty much i put up a bunch of uh traps and they all die yeah then they run, then they yeah. run away <laughs> yeah no, i mean it's right now they're ridiculous they, they really are ridiculous right now. It's just kind of a um, a meat grinder simulator, uh, and uh, I mean, anytime you've got you've got people taking a core game mechanic and treating it like like it's sort of an optional challenge. <laughs> it's like, are you going to build traps or not? Uh, because then sieges matter or they don't. I mean, that's 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 something that needs to be fixed. And 
uh, it's always it's always been been the plan to to fix that. And there's there's a million different ways to do that 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 are all going to be coming up after after this big release. Uh, we're going to work on on making sieges better. Um, and so yeah, I mean a lot of the things you guys said are are in the works and and more beside that. Um, so there's there's the the notion of of nerfing traps because. I mean, obviously they're they're a little overpowered right now, and uh, how we do that um, probably just make um, make more more mechanisms necessary, more map tiles necessary. So you can't just make a trap or whatever. You'd actually have to create a trap from from some more pieces. Now I don't know if there might be templates to make that an easier process, but uh, um, I mean certainly uh, just having a weapon trap existing in a square without having to put something in a wall or put something in a floor or something is kind of strange. And having a stonefall trap exist in a square out in the middle of a room or something with no ceiling, <laughs> it's like, what does that even mean? Is it right. like shooting up from the ground and then landing on top of them or something? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, right? So just changing that would be, would be, um, uh, would be helpful. But then also having having the the seizures be able to learn from their mistakes. Like when they send people in, they should have an idea. It's a little complicated thinking about you know how they analyze the map and so on. But you can you can take some steps in that direction. And then if they have a notion of sending a group of people into a certain direction, and then all those people die, if they know why, then they should be able to adapt to their strategy. I mean, if it, if they just get ground by traps. Then they'd either have some countermeasure for that kind of trap, or they just wouldn't go that way again. And ultimately, there should be countermeasures for every kind of terrain, every kind of trap, every kind of weapon, uh, to the point where um, you you should have to adapt, and you should have to. Uh, I mean, you shouldn't expect to be able to just win every siege with some kind of static defense that you haven't been changing at all. I mean, there's always going to be very clever things people do that we we constantly have to adapt to. But as far as the basic defenses that are provided by the game, I mean, it's not like those, any of those should be sure things. I mean, it's not like we want every siege to destroy you, but they should have a chance. <laughs> they should have a chance to be able to do something. And right. I mean, and there, you know, there are a list of other things like the the siegers in general are very poorly skilled compared to your dwarves, um, and they don't, they, yeah, they don't, they don't have a notion of what, which which direction they're attacking from. They don't use any siege engines. They don't know how to make little little bridges or pile up dirt against a wall or bring a siege tower against a wall. Or um, there's a lot of things that they could afford to learn. There's also the use of of large monsters and things uh, that are in a fantasy world that that provide benefits, such as things that fly or things that can that can dig, which I I know is a contentious issue. Um, whether or not they would be able to dig, which is, you know, kind of a crucial thing when you're considering attacking a mountain. Um, if you don't have other options and you've got a lot of time, then, then, then digging is, is a pretty good idea. Uh, and at the same time, I know there's, there's kind of this aesthetics issue. You know, you don't want people to just be able to destroy your whole fortress sometimes. So, um, yeah, I mean, what we're thinking is kind of having a default on and, if you turn off uh, digging seizures, then you can't really expect them to do that well. <laughs> but I mean, it's all—it's all a matter of what what people want out of the game, right? Some people don't care about sieges at all and would just as soon turn them off and just like making their fortress and so on. So, right? Um, yeah, no, we're planning to support that kind of stuff. But. I, I think that it would be neat if if you allowed us to uh, 
restore walls, like by caving in little segments of walls or something, or segments of rock, so that, you know, once the siege is gone, you could restore, and then you could therefore restore your fortress to its former beauty, you know, for yeah. the, the people that are annoyed by the digging, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's revealed tiles. I mean, I guess I could, uh, I could, I mean, I think someone suggested just being able to unreveal tiles, which I've got no problem with, because it's not like that's giving you any benefit, it's just an aesthetic thing. And, um, I mean, as far as rebuilding walls, I mean, it, it's sort of weird to be able to rebuild something like a, like an ore vein, <laughs> like, like put the crystals back or something. The uh, are really good. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, is that, is that right. dwarves, dwarves are talented. Dwarves are talented. So it's, it's something that could be, I mean, it's strange. I'd have to think about how, how does that, how does that work? What are they doing? Are they just tying it together with special dwarf beard hair or something like that that makes it, <laughs> makes it work? Or, or well, they could just be packing in the, the back the rocks back in, you know, the default rocks that are there. Yeah, because I mean, it's not it's not like it's the end of the world for me if someone has a wall that looks how they want it to look, right? I shouldn't care about that. But there's just there's just this kind of strangeness to being able to create a a, a perfect rock wall. I mean, in terms of the fact that people that are attacking you that mine through it would then have as much trouble as if they were mining through a wall, unless there's some kind of flag that says this is actually just a rebuilt pile of crap or something, right? And, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 it still bears some thinking about, but I'm, I'm definitely aware of, of the aesthetic side of, of things, and I think it's important um, that a that, uh, game mechanic just doesn't destroy that for, for people, especially the people that, that care, and if we can preserve sieges at the same time, like full, fully functional sieges that can dig through things, uh, even for people that care more about the aesthetics of their fortress, that would be that would be the best way to do it. But at the same time, I don't want to add a really weird mechanic that 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 uh, might screw something else up or or just screw the overall feel of things. So it, it bears some thinking about. Yeah, yeah. So so the. Uh, the, the the there's there are a lot of issues like that right I mean you could you could ostensibly I guess you just dig a one tile deep channel <laughs> around your fortress and they wouldn't be able to cross it and just have a little drawbridge like some people have or you could have your fortress set up on a cliff um, and or or use doors or you know there's there's a million ways to stop them and so what we've got to do. And this is the trick I was talking about with with analyzing the map. It's it's not it's not a really trivial problem, but it's it's something that's surmountable. Is that from the edges of the map, whatever edge of the map they enter in, the game ultimately should be able to make a goblin be able to reach any other part of the map through various devices. Now that 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 could include uh, bashing down a door, placing a bridge, uh, piling up dirt, using a tower using a rope, uh, grappling hook type things, just being able to climb. Uh, there's, there's, there's different kind of different solutions to different configurations of the terrain, and we just have to put those in one at a time. And uh, eventually uh, they should be able to, to take out any static uh, defenses or defenses that are simple like closing doors. I mean, I know people are going to come up with really clever type of, you know, bunch of bridges moving around in weird ways and things that that they can't figure out and we'll we'll just have to work through them one step at a time but yeah I mean that's definitely one of the huge problems with sieges is that they don't understand the terrain at all 
and they don't think about it. Right now, they're just like, "Where's a dwarf?" <laughs> like, I want to go kill a dwarf, and then and then they uh, <laughs> then they're like, "Oh, I can't get there." Oh well, <laughs> and it, it's yeah, it's 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 really it's really tragic. The uh, the ability to change the map and make buildings has completely outpaced the uh, the artificial intelligence, um, uh, especially for sieges. Uh, and uh, I mean, the pathfinding in general is pretty bad in the game. I mean, they 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 can get through labyrinths and stuff well, but they uh, they don't um, they can't really handle unusual terrain uh, situations. And it's it's one of those things where the whole the whole pathfinding system needs to be rewritten for for dwarves in general and and these other problems we were talking about like animals being able to climb down ropes when I add them because I can't do anything I can't I can't have a system where animals can't climb ropes until I change the pathfinding and so on. But for sieges, fortunately, it's not all down to to the the whole pathfinding rewrite. So those those can actually be fixed before the pathfinding rewrite because Overall, when a siege arrives, they just need to make a general analysis of the terrain and come up with a few little plans for how to make the terrain conform to the regular pathfinding routine, uh, just by changing things a little bit. And yeah, yeah, and that, that that'll that'll lead to to some of these things like digging and and uh, and other other map modifications. Are you planning on allowing um, trap disarming? You know, in fortress mode. Um, I mean, it it seems like a, a reasonable thing for for people to be able to do. Um, now that doesn't mean they'd just be able to spot them and do it. They'd probably disarm a trap after they saw how it worked on somebody else. <laughs> but uh, but right. yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly reasonable that they should be able to do that. I mean, you can't you can't expect a a hallway with no dwarves in it and just some mechanisms to stop a hundred people. You might expect it to stop, you know, two or three enterprising individuals who are trying to make it into your fortress, uh, just like a like one of those archaeologist flicks or whatever. But um, you know, having stopping that many people, I mean, they're going to think of a way to to surpass it, and they should be able to do that, so that uh, you can you'd have to support your traps by harassing people and making them run into them and so on, even if they know about them and. Otherwise, you should expect eventually when we've got this worked out for a trap that's done its job to be um, to be uh, dismantled or otherwise um, dug around or, or whatever they, they need to do. And within a given stretch of hallway that may, that might make them more suspicious of, uh, of other traps being there and they might actually be able to spot ones that are that are similar to the other trap. I mean, there's, there's some kind of heuristics they might need to, to, to do that. Just, you know, block out an area. We've been hit by a pressure plate here. And then they'd keep an eye out for other pressure, pressure, they'd keep an eye out for other pressure plates in that, um, in that hallway, say. I mean, these are all things that need to be added kind of one step at a time. So the sieges will improve by one step, then they'll improve by another and by another and by another. And we're planning to do this over a series of, of releases while we work on some other things. Um, so hopefully it'll be, it'll be interesting enough, um, by the time it's far along that you have to think a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be nice if people had to think a little bit about, about, about sieges rather than, than, than doing what they do now, which is, um, just set up a simple countermeasure or impose an artificial challenge on themselves. So do like 
invaders actually have goals when they invade. Like, we're going to beat these guys up, we're going to steal their children or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad right now, of course. The, the, uh, the goals uh, depend on the, on the, on the critters. Uh, the, uh, the human's goal is just to kill everybody. The goblins, when they send a large invasion, their goal is just to kill everybody. The elves are there to shoot um, a certain number of arrows or until their group gets spotted prematurely and run off. They aren't trying to kill everybody, but they're just trying to mess with you. And if snatchers or item thieves come, which is another kind of uh, invasion, uh, they're, yeah, they're just trying to make it out. And their their escorts, if they have any work like the elves, they just kind of try and bother you a little bit and distract you. <laughs> Uh, so, but that's, that's about it. I mean, ultimately when we get to the, um, when, it might even happen before we improve sieges because we kind of want to have real armies moving around rather than generated armies before we start working on their artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point when real armies are moving around, they'll have way more of a reason to be moving where they're going. And this will kind of tie into the world generation wars and why they're being started and why they're being continued in fortress mode. So you might actually have a siege that doesn't feel like it needs to go all the way or where they're just trying to, to do something that isn't, you know, purely genocidal or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and right. that, that should also improve the, improve the feel of the sieges and so on. I mean, it would be cool if, if a bunch of humans arrived, but then, uh, some, somebody came forward to talk to you and you actually had another dwarf come out and have a meeting. <laughs> right. That would be awesome. Yeah. Diplomacy. Yeah, no, imagine. <laughs> the discussion before the fight. I like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool things that... that, that yeah, more become... crash talk. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the elves just try to hang out in the woods and shoot any woodworkers or something. <laughs> That's true, yeah. They're just there to assassinate your, your loggers. Yeah, and, and yeah, bring some snacks back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could... I mean, is there ever going to be a time when goblins actually come and say, we demand tribute and then we'll go away? Yeah, I mean, there should be. I mean, they already do that in... I mean, they don't, I guess, but the... Uh, actually, I don't remember if they do. Is it just the humans that do tribute relationships? Because there's these fake tribute relationships in World Generation that aren't realized in any way. <laughs> it's like you could start in a fortress where every other fortress in your civilization is paying tribute to humans, and you just don't hear or have anything to do with it. So that kind of thing is... I think that all that stuff is up on Dev Next, which means we're kind of starting to think about how it's going to work. And... It it's it's all yeah it's all coming. I mean we we have we have this thing up on like the future post version one goals about you know actual sort of complicated diplomacy or something whatever that means where we'd actually be thinking a lot more about about um, uh, arrangements and individual goals and so on. But we're going to be doing a lot of that also in the in the in the pretty short term here and with things like tribute it's going to require i mean i don't want to point everything back at the caravan arc because i became kind of a habit really what that is is a shorthand for you know sites have resources and things are tracked you know and that's so that's going to have to happen kind of soon too uh especially when you start sending armies out which is one of the things right after sieges are improved quite a bit there's already going to be armies moving on the world map at that time and your dwarves are also going to be able to send out armies after sieges are improved. And at that point, we've got to start thinking about things like supply lines and so on. I mean, there's a sense in which that, that could be aggravating, but I think it would be, I think it, it really improves the flow of, um, 
of wars and so on to have to worry about that kind of thing. So you just don't have strange things happening, like some army marching from town to town without taking anything, just killing everything or whatever, and without being supported. And what I'm getting at, though, is with when when you've got supply lines where um, uh, army is being supplied, it's similar to paying tribute to moving goods around in that way, which is also kind of goes back to the caravan arc. It's kind of a race to see which one's going to go in first. Uh, but people are going to be moving stuff around. And then at that point, um, things like uh, guys coming to you and demanding things of you uh, instead of just trying to kill everybody would be um, easily attained, which would be cool. Um, I guess one of my questions was, is, is there a possibility through the siege mechanisms to start eliminating entire populations? If they keep, you know, goblins keep throwing, you know, populations at you, eventually they'll be down to women and children in there, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that would, that would teach them, um, not to be so <laughs> eager. Um, and, and that's, that's the kind of thing right now. One of the reasons why we wanted to, put in the actual populations and armies moving around before we uh, work on CJI and stuff is is, is is partially concerns like that. It's like what is actually going on in the world should dictate what's going on at your fortress <laughs> in terms of sieges and so on. Right. I mean, they should have to uh, exercise some patience. And there's, there's also the matter of right now, uh, which might be more of what you were getting at, is sieges are sort of an all-or-nothing affair, right? It's like 200 goblins arrive doesn't necessarily mean that all of your dwarves or 200 goblins have to die. I mean, right now some of them run off, but they're they're not that good at that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time a lot of them will just get killed. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't remember what the numbers are because people throw all kinds of things out, but, I mean, if... if there are certain situations where if 10% of the people in an army died, that was considered bad, right? Uh, whereas in this game, that's nothing, nothing at all. Uh, so exactly. if, if we start reflecting the actual numbers, then, um, I mean, it, it would probably profit the game, especially as, as um, uh, civilizations and so on start to interact more. Now, there's always going to be situations like getting caught by a dragon or something where the numbers are going to be a little higher than you might have wanted. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's part of the fantasy territory. Uh, right. and I suppose there were situations, situations in real life where, uh, where, you know, entire armies were, were cornered and killed or whatever. So, right. Um, yeah, it just shouldn't be on an open field <laughs> like it is with the sieges sometimes. It's just silly. So will sieges tie into like wars? Will you be able to siege other people? It's like, and then like it'll show their place maybe? Is that right. in the far future? No, well maybe not so far as we think, uh, cause, um, like I was saying, right after improved sieges, uh, we want to let people start sending guys out. And, uh, and if that's, I mean, there, there's gonna be a lot of reasons to do that. I mean, if, if the, uh, kobolds keep sending little guys over to take your things uh you know you might want to make a punitive expedition <laughs> and send you know 20 really well-armed people out and 
go into their kids cave. Out. Yeah, yeah. Some of those, those, those sticks. sticks, sticks, and kids. That's right. We can go Lord of Flies <laughs> on page. One. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, yeah. I'm sure there's there's going to be a lot of things that people people do to to abuse the poor mechanics as they're added. Um, <laughs> and then there's, I mean, there's there's the. Um, and then with the larger wars and so on, uh, just being able to... I mean, we always like that Civil War documentary, the Ken Burns Civil War documentary, where you get to see all the little lines, right? Little blue and red lines and so on, or whatever colors they were. Red and red or blue and blue, I don't remember anymore. But um, being able to go to those uh, mid-level maps, the ones that you see uh, when you're when you're moving the rectangle around, when you're embarking. Mm-hmm. So your fortress is a portion of that those that map right say it's a six by six in a 16 by 16 area but since the the map is all seamless now uh in most respects like you can't slide your slight site you can't slide your site rectangle between two map squares but you can keep it within one map square now that's an artificial distinction we're going to get rid of it sometime but in general the entire map is seamless so you could take those 16 by 16 maps stitch them together and get a pretty large battlefield that's sort of a zoomed in uh world map and then you can imagine those lines lines and things. Now that, in general, that's going to require upping the numbers, which is something we're planning to do. Um, there's kind of this this conflict, uh, and, it, and it kind of ties back into what uh, Rainseeker was saying about populations being um, diminished too fast. Yeah. Uh, we we want more people. We want to be able to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people, not on screen at one time, but actually having a world populations that are more reasonable because it'll make a lot of mechanics in the game more reasonable and easier to do. Because right now it's kind of like like um, like those 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 the cannibal tribes that go and pick off one or another uh, guy or or so on. Uh, you know, sending twenty people at a time um, and that's not quite what we had in mind for a fantasy world with fantasy wars and stuff, right? So, uh, I mean, ostensibly you should be able to send out thousands of people and arrange them in lines and then siege a, a, um, a goblin tower or something with, with, you know, different approaches and so on. And, and so on. The, 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 the main problem would be that you'd be restricted, if you ever zoom in, you'd be restricted to having just a smaller number of people. Now, while at the same time the fight could be raging on off-screen with with further people, and um, I mean the main problem area this ties back to is fortress mode, where you know what happens if if twenty thousand goblins are knocking at your door, and uh, you know what what exactly is going to happen there, and we've thought about that quite a bit um, in terms of you know first you, you might you know if, if if we're talking about a fortress that's very old that's had. Uh, you know, uh, large, large numbers of things popping up around it, and you've got control of thousands of people outside the fortress and so on. Um, and that, that, of course, you know, there's a million things that, that need to be considered, but we don't really have time to talk, talk about uh, just in terms of your industries and so on. But uh, so say that these larger numbers came up, um, you, you, you'd first be able to contest them outside your fortress with larger numbers, with larger army battles. But if they did make it to your fortress and sieged the actual fortress where you've only got your, you know, 100, 150 guys running around, then they'd have to keep their numbers sort of lower too to keep things fair or just to keep things running with the CPU. But they could send in, you know, 200 guys or something and, uh, and you could, 
have your standard sieges. And now if they had 20,000 people, they could do that, you know, a hundred times. But, um, we just have to, have to kind of artificially set things up so that that, that's not how it works. Or if it does, maybe supporting their supply lines would, would be what causes them to leave if you keep winning or just being depressed would, would cause them to leave if you keep winning and so on. Uh, but, but, I mean, there, 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 there are things to be figured out there and things to watch out for when you inflate the numbers like that. Uh, so we're not 100% sure exactly what's going to happen, but we would like to have large battles with, with tactical and strategic elements and so on. Um, like Battle Champs. Yeah, this is a great game. Battle Champs is a fantastic game. <laughs> I like how I had, like, airships and stuff and, like, bears and stuff, I think. What, in Battle Champs or in Dwarf Yeah, it's, 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 it had like an inordinate amount of like detail and just like the different civilizations having just like wacky stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think one of the, one of the things, uh, that's gonna even make improved sieges better before we worry about the rest of the stuff is, is when they start, uh, uh, recruiting beasts and having guys come in riding dragons and stuff and, uh, I mean, that should, that should cause, uh, some, uh, some shaking up of the uh, the status quo as far as sieges being silly, uh, and yeah, I'm not sure about airships. You got to You got to You got to I mean, they're, they're they're reasonable in and of themselves, having things floating around. The less steam, the better, though, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Steampunk and all that kind of thing, uh, electricity and uh, nuclear bombs. I don't know what else people have zeppelins. Said. Yeah, yeah, with jet fighters. Um, and things that <laughs> tactical are, nukes. That's right. A lot of people want tactical nukes. Yeah, I guess you could make. I mean, if 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 there's ever some kind of gunpowder explosive, I guess you could just stick a bunch of uranium uranium on a explosive and have a really bad, dirty bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's what? I mean, I I mean, I think I think what I've said before is uh, is gunpowder is probably something that's not gonna be necessarily in the um what you call it uh, the vanilla dwarf fortress but it's something that I'd probably support uh for modders but things like electricity and steam power and stuff are less likely to be supported yeah i remember Although, you said something like lightning is lightning lightning is different matter i remember you said something like the 1400s is kind of like the cutoff and then now everyone's like Looking up for proof, it's like, oh yeah, they really had laser guns in like the 1300s. This well, guy. yeah, I mean, I mean, the Mayans are going to destroy everything for us, right? I know. They have <laughs> they had it all. Is like sitting on sofas watching TVs pre- predicting the end of the world because that's what Mayans do, right? Exactly. So, I can see a few things that would possibly trigger when you when you're doing the whole improved sieges things and armies moving across the map some things that might force your hand into a war with another civilization force your hand into attacking them even like um a stolen artifact with the kobolds you know and um but even more abstract things like a uh, goblins kidnapping the king's son would be something i think would probably be significant in the History of the worlds, yeah, especially if you could rescue them. Yeah, I mean that there's there's uh, I mean, uh, absolutely. First of all, and the thing is, it's like it's like I haven't thought of every situation, so of course, uh, 
when I say absolutely, I don't mean to imply that I've thought of everything. <laughs> but I remember we were going to do a weird uh, kidnap rescue thing uh, back when we were doing um, these fixed, more fixed things. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's certainly. I mean, right now the 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 people just don't care about the kidnappings enough, right? They're just like, ah, oh, take my kid. Oh well, <laughs> or whatever. So no, I think I think definitely the um, there should be when we start thinking about the individual goals that people have, which is something that's going to start driving the um, the wars more and more often. There, there'll need to be answers to those questions before they start sending goblins around. And in that way, when people start tracking more their individual goals, then certainly something like a kidnapped child should matter a lot more because people. A lot of people will be looking at their families first. Like, what is the situation of each of my family historical figures? You know, is one of them being held prisoner? Well, <laughs> you know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should do everything within my power to, to, to change that situation. So it should certainly matter. And people will probably treat artifacts like <laughs> family members, uh, when it comes to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the answer the answer is yes as as I as as I think of and am reminded of uh the various situations that arise in the game. Uh, I think that should definitely be be a driving thing behind wars. I mean, when we add when we add um site resources and so on, you're going to have kind of those those geopolitical, geographical determinism type things going on where you know, they just want a kind of resource or something or they want access to to the things that you've got. Um and that that should drive some of the situations, but there should also be personal matters driving situations. I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of the stories that we're kind of uh, basing the feel of the game on, where we wanted kind of a fantasy story slash world generator or whatever, um, a lot of the the larger conflicts are driven by personal issues. I mean, and that's true. Wars aside, even I mean, you it would be really neat if you had one guy that independently kind of recruited a bunch of people that carry weapons and then went off and left your screen and, and you know, the game tells you about it and then they come back victorious <laughs> or they come back, you know, having people died or whatever, but. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, I wonder what the first one will be. I mean, it might just be, uh, dwarves that don't like living in your fortress leaving. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because <laughs> right now they, uh, they don't. <laughs> they don't come. I mean, people stop coming, but the ones that are there kind of resign themselves to fates <laughs> or, worse than death. Or they have tantrums. Well, yeah, no, they they can they can act out, but they never leave. <laughs> Water. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so yeah, it's a little, yeah. Go ahead. So would it be possible for like, like just like a dwarf randomly deciding to just leave forever? Like, I know that would make some people mad. So it's like, oh, my soap maker left. Now what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I, <laughs> I think the uh, the uh, the kind of having it be sudden or random would be bad. I think there should, if if you're gonna take something away from somebody like that, there should be warning signs. And when they leave, it should feel like it's your fault. <laughs> and then uh, at that point, I think that that'd be good enough. Or I mean, there's a case like Rainseeker came up with where there's a larger action that's that might be beyond your control. Then it's a trickier situation. It's like, should people be able to go off and handle matters? Um, and there won't be a lot of things like that while people are randomly generated migrants. But if migrants are coming from other areas and have situations and family and, and everything else that exists... Outside of your fortress. I'm sorry, sir, but my grandmother's sick. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, oh, oh, I, well, I, I thought, I thought, I thought, uh, Rainseeker was stopping the show. Yeah, uh, I got, cause there was this kind of this air of silence. I know, it was realism. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I must go on a so, yeah, oh, my so sick. I, I understand we can continue the recording tomorrow if you have to go take care of that. <laughs> but. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. need the because my grandmother's sick, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that, it's that kind of thing. It's like, how much of that do you want? How much would that really mess up the game? Um, and, uh, it's one of those things that probably needs some balance, but I think if you've got a fortress with, you know, a hundred people and you can, you can always spare one, even if it messes things up a little bit, then that kind of thing would, would be really cool. Um, but yeah, just like with every every other concern with the high population numbers and so on, uh, there's there's the game to be thought of. I mean, it's always it's always I mean, people yeah. say that you kind of have to think of gameplay first and all that kind of thing and fun before realism, all that kind of thing. But it's it's a it's a more tricky um, balance than 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 it than you might think because adding realism gives you these fun payoffs as well. Uh, Especially when things work together. So, I mean, having having people leave the fortress might seem like it's a bad thing, but the payoffs for that could actually be pretty huge in terms of what happens later in the overall story of the world and what comes back to your fortress from that, uh, and so on. So, I think I think it's definitely worth considering. Yeah, especially if the game can tell you the story of what happened. Sorry, go ahead, Amberson. Yeah, well, there's always the possibility that you could leave it up to the player to decide if they are going to allow that dwarf to leave. Like, they come and ask, for, hey, <laughs> may I please leave the fortress to go take care of my affairs? Yeah, yeah, that, that reminds me of the, uh, that reminds me of the immigrant, um, issues too, where people are like, you know, a group has arrived and, you know, should I be able to turn them away? So, you know, I guess, no, you're right, I guess you could also be like, uh, well, now you can't leave. It'll be like one of those bad post-apocalyptic movies where people arrive <laughs> at the compound and then they're not allowed to go or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then they turn their donkey oh, into the stew. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, someone was saying, it's like, man, I wonder if Toadie has like a problem with immigrants because all these people show up and then people just kill them mercilessly. Well, it's not the one that kills them. <laughs> well, I know. Like, yeah. If you give them... You put the gun in their hand. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's not my it's not my fault. It's really not. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, but it's uh, yeah, no, it's I mean it's it's a sick game. It's, it has the potential to be a sick game. I know people go oh, yeah. through all kinds of sick stuff, but that's uh, like every other game. I mean, like you're either supposed to or you're not. But this is like, well, it's like a psychological thing. <laughs> it's a Rorschach test. Exactly. I know. It's like, what do you see? It's like, I see, you know, a guy cutting someone else in half with, you know, a piece of soap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like a version of Stumpy Wumples that isn't stupid. Um. <laughs> see, I don't, I don't agree with that because I think Stumpy Wumples it's should a, have won some prizes. It's, it's a fun little game. It's a fun, fun little game. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, and one of those things that, that, that people tell you is is that you you know you can't be all things to all people or whatever and you have to make decisions yeah. when you're when you're designing a game and so on and so uh fortunately having things like init options and so on mitigate that somewhat i mean it's not perfect but but it it keeps it keeps it um open a bit 
Um, but yeah, no, there's and the, the, but like I was saying with with the tiles and so on. I mean, sometimes there's difficult decisions um, that you can't have work for everybody. But uh, yeah, no, I try and respect it as much as I can because I know there's a lot of different kinds of people playing the game. Uh, and yeah, I mean, in, in some cases, uh, you know, we're the only outlet they've got uh, for the things they want to do. Stacking skulls. Yeah, I'm not sure how many stickle skull stacking games there are. <laughs> I guess you can do that in those games with those like those physicsy type games like Oblivion and stuff where there's skulls lying around. You could start to stack them and they tumble over each other. There might be better skull stacking games. <laughs> yeah, but really uh, get the skulls out of other people. That's kind of a breaking point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, some of them, I guess you what you click on the bodies and they have a skull in their inventory. They used to do that in games. I'm not sure how much of that they do anymore. Where you have <laughs> you have your own body in your inventory when you click to to salvage stuff from the dead bodies or scavenge or whatever. And they've got like a skull inside of them. <laughs> well, um, let's um, let's break away from sieges. I know we already did, but uh, <laughs> let's break away from Make sieges. And uh, I want to play a little bit of cleansing music, and then we'll be right back. Cleansing music. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Now back with Torque Workers Talk, and we're going to talk about some Mega Beasts. So, uh, yeah. Captain Tastic, what's your favorite Mega Beast? Um, I'm a fan of the just like giant Colossus guys that just sort of chill until they walk up to you and punch all of your dwarves in half. <laughs> <laughs> and they also, because they remind me of uh, Shadow of the Colossus. I don't know right. if any of you played that. I've played that. So, yeah, yeah no, I've but, played that. Will you be able to climb things in the future, like climb a dragon and like punch its brain? Yeah, there's the, there's the uh, the issue with uh, um, it's kind of a question of of multi tile creatures partially, which is a difficult problem. And yeah. then there's um, but just the fact that there's the wrestling, and even without multi tile creatures, you've got things like groundhogs, which can currently jump up and bite your eyes. Right, they're like. Argh! By your eye. <laughs> and uh, that's the, one of the problems I'm having when I was doing my groundhog tests, 20 versus a guy with a knife who wins. Um, <laughs> and uh, so so if the groundhog problem is solved, which it, which it needs to be solved, not for this release most, most likely, but, but at some point, then that means that the, that same thing will happen to you when you're fighting a, a, a giant creature. And then, yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be cool to, to jump up on things and stuff. I mean... Beyond just Shadow of the Colossus, I mean, it's just a common thing in like Ray Harryhausen stuff and so on. With the uh, with the large, so with the large creatures, yeah, no, I think it'd be really cool with uh, to 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 jump up on them and climb them and swing from them and so on. It wouldn't be as as dramatic visually, of course, as as Shadow of the Colossus, but uh, it certainly would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Especially if, I mean, if the game described, you jump, you know, so-and-so jumped up on the dragon's back. And oh, yeah. Stabbed yeah, it no, in the brain. Yeah, 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 you have to stab it right through the brain, where the big, <laughs> big glowy part is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that kind of, um, 
uh, one of the things we're, we're thinking about there, it was kind of this, uh, this idea of the mega beasts being expanded, um, to, to a bunch of other creatures. Cause I know I already spoiled the ones that are going to be underground now, right? Um, those were spoiled. I don't know if I'm spoiling them here or not, but, uh, I guess. Go ahead. Yeah. So the- spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. <laughs> spoiler warning. Alright, so, yeah, maybe I should talk through my shirt or something. So, uh, yeah, I'm talking through my shirt now. The, uh, they're, they're random critters and stuff underground and stuff, and they got like random bodies and different random stuff, and they're gonna be big and they're gonna attack you and stuff. Okay, so, so there's the spoiler, um, and, uh. It's all over now, it's all clear. Yeah, yeah, so, so what we're, what we're actually doing this time around is that spoiler is extended to, um, the hidden fun stuff type things, like the, the bad, bad, demon, demon, bad, bad, demon, demon, and, uh, and also we decided to, um, since we already have giants, right, giants are big people that walk around, right? Now, oh, yeah. a titan is also a big person that walks around, right? So, given that there are two big peoples that walk around, now, now that's a titan in the sense it is in the game. In, in the sense of a mythological titan, it could be all kinds of crap, right? But the uh, and that's kind of the what we're going to change over to. The the titans are now going to be um, uh, randomized, and they're going to be all kinds of crap, and they're going to be um, generally tied to a region. I'm not sure if that's always going to be the case, and that 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 should give more of those those big random creatures you can you can kill and fight type of vibe to the game, which should be cool. Right. Are they going to be tied to spheres too and stuff? Yeah, like yeah, this that is kind like of a stuff. Titan made of, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like big shambling clouds. shambling clouds with 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 vines on them and stuff and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a Titan of rainbows and puppy dogs. Yeah, yeah, the rainbow and puppy dog sphere. It's 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 like Clifford, but instead of a big red dog, it's a big colorful dog. Could he be yeah. friendly, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is right. Is right. Is like. I mean, beasts fall into all kinds of categories. They're they're either bad, or they're friendly, or they're misunderstood. There's uh, there's all kinds of options for for animals like that, and it might tie in closely to the whole forest spirit thing that the elves have going on. There's a lot of options here. Yeah, but the I mean, that, that would be yeah. hilarious if you had this huge rainbow-colored dog wandering around your fortress. You know, Just like Pete's dragon. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one snake oil salesman would want to you know bottle it. <laughs> yeah, I totally don't remember the plot of that story at all. Pete's dragon. But it was cool because the dragon was a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were trying to think of. I remember I was talking to my brother. And we were trying to think of movies that were early instances of animation mixed with um, live action. I my guess favorite thing about Mega Beasts is that they, during World Generation, they seem to be the big movers and shakers, and it's like, oh. You know, this, you know, giant dude punched all these dwarves out and then the dwarves got really mad and then they, you know, chased him around. And yeah, it's way, more, his head and it's, it's way worse now. It's way worse now because they, they can't really beat him up anymore. <laughs> it's like you don't have, out of, yeah, it's like they're made out of a big solid bronze statue that walks around beating the crap out of stuff and, uh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was running Mega Beast and now it's like there's, there's a dragon that's like, oh yeah, he's got 400 kills or whatever. And it's like, well, <laughs> I guess you're, you're gonna have to deal with him in your fortress then, instead of just <laughs> reading about him being dead, which is what Mega Beasts are for now, pretty much, is just reading about him being dead. 
Um, so, yeah, no, it should be really cool though. The, uh, the, the, the new Titans. I mean, there's, there, there might occasionally be a Titan that looks like a person, but, but, um, you should have all kinds of, of amorphous Titans, animal based Titans, uh, different material based Titans, um, and all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that, that should, uh, should, um, should be really cool. And, I mean, it'll tie back into, um, I mean, we had a series of, 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 of kind of inspirations there as to why we wanted to do that. Um, uh, which is like the, there's the, there's the old, old movies, like all those Ray Harryhausen things. And then there's, um, things like the, the weird critters that were running around in, in, uh, in the, um, the Ghibli movies. Uh, especially like, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the Princess, Princess Mononoke. Mononoke, yeah, Princess Mononoke or whatever. Um, had like the the big pig with the worms and stuff, and there's all kinds right. of uh, all kinds of weird things like that that tie together. And then there's uh, Shadow of the Colossus was fun to play, and kind of has a similar vibe to it. So um, it should be yeah, it should be really cool uh, having having those critters there, and even more cool when you can actually jump up on them and stuff and, and mess with <laughs> them and so on and get eaten by them and have to burrow your way out and so on. But the, <laughs> but the uh, but just at, just at first having having a um, uh, as long as we give them enough kind of differences in abilities and so on, then having that that sort of and, and and coupled with the improved sieges stuff of having traps not be quite so good and and so on, then having a mega beast arrive should be like a big party because yeah. uh, you I mean you're either going to get um, so some of the standardized ones you've got the standardized ones that remain then would be like what a hydra a dragon and a bronze colossus or you could end up with a titan and who knows what what to expect then right and um yeah as far as like dragons the future of dragons hydras and bronze colossuses as a uh as as mega beasts given that they're going to have these kind of random things to compete with i mean dragons obviously have a bright future um Especially because you can start kind of a, a random program there as well to make interesting kinds of dragons, um, and it's still unclear, you know, how much they're going to be individualized versus how much there's going to be like a kind of dragon, that kind of thing, right? Because right. bo- both models are popular, and and there's no reason to to choose one over the other is in terms of dwarf fortress, and the, the hydras. I mean, in that sense, a hydra is essentially just a dragon, right? It's a dragon with a bunch of heads. Now, it's in 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 mythology. I guess it also there's there's poison and and so on. So uh, that stuff can start to run together a bit. And the bronze colossus is kind of an outlier. <laughs> it's just this big statue because we thought it was cool and Jason the Argonauts, right? But uh, um, yeah, so so that that uh, it might change a little bit, but that's mainly to make it not not impossible to kill. <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, the bronze colossuses, I mean. I mean, could it possibly be that you have it be connected together with a bunch of bolts or, or something that could fall off, and then that that's the way you could kill it, even if it's solid? I, I guess the one of the things to consider is like, why is it there? Right. <laughs> like, was it made by somebody? You know. Yeah. Some sort of supernatural intervention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because because I guess the one I don't remember anymore, but the, was the one in Jason of the Argonist made by uh, Hephaestus or something? Uh, Probably so created. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like created by a forged god type thing, right? And then there's the uh, 
then there's the the idea, you know, could they have been made by old dwarves or whatever? Then you have the problem of, well, can your dwarves make them? <laughs> and then you get into the whole sort of automaton segue into steampunk and so on. And then there's uh, then there's uh, um, just them being, you know, are they or are they some kind of bronzy spirit of nature type thing or something that's just kind of wandering around causing trouble? I don't know if you've ever played Morrowind or anything, but in the lore of Morrowind and Daggerfall even, the dwarves did in fact make a gigantic mecha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that, and that's, 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 uh, yeah, they, they, they had all kinds of steam automatons and stuff, right? And, and, yeah, I remember, I remember, no, I won that game. I think if, if you're talking about the big statue at the end thing, if right. that, that one. Yeah, yeah, so there's, there's a, uh, there's a there's a notion of dwarves there. I just uh, there's something about steam bothers me. I don't know why. <laughs> Having all these steam powered things. <laughs> I don't think their giant machine was uh, steam powered. It was like the part of Lorcan or whatever. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. There's there's magic and stuff. <laughs> and we don't have we don't have a whole lot of that. Um, but we should, yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah. I don't remember what our thoughts on on automatons were completely. I believe that. Having something like an intelligent automaton walking around would be an artifact type thing situation. Well, where you already it's... kind of do have some kind of automaton in the zombies, right? Yeah, who knows why they're coming back? <laughs> 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 they're just in bad places. It's like you're, it's like Repo Man. I've got to get this car out of this bad area. <laughs> These bad oh, areas. Yeah, lack of dwarf is always intense. It is. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's talk about spheres for a second. Spheres. Um, did are the zombies and skeletons and, and undead and such are they gonna appear only in like the undead region sphere now, or is that will they come in other areas too? It depends on your uh, one of those things we were talking about. Like, do undead have souls, and you know what is the undead? If if it if it's somebody coming kind of partially back to life. Then it could be any sphere that's related to to death or rebirth. Even it's kind of weird to have the sphere of rebirth have undead things, but it's possible. And they're good good zombies, maybe. Yeah, they're good zombies. <laughs> Little fairy hats and stuff, and whatever a fairy hat is, I don't even know what a fairy hat is. But the uh, but then there's uh, then there's um, um, the notion of just animating a corpse. And that's kind of the purview of, of, of death or, um, if, if brooms and stuff are also moving around, then it's, it's more of a regular magical thing. And then, but there's also the notion of having, you know, some kind of spirits from the underworld populate the body. Um, right. then that could be any kind of evil. Uh, right. well, there's also another concept of it being a disease that is passed between individuals right yeah that that's kind of the uh, yeah the, there's the there's the viral viral zombie model oh, there's also the radiation zombie model i guess uh, <laughs> and uh yeah so the viral thing i don't know if they're are they are they dead or are they they their brains just messed up by like yeah virus you know, i mean i guess that what the 28 days later model is is just sort of a viral rage thing or something but they aren't actually dead is that correct and then they starve to death like yeah, their metabolism yeah. gets all wacky. Yeah, so there's 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 uh there's so any of those is is fair game as they come up. Now the the undead that'll come in at first, um, 
I still have evil regions in this release, so things will probably be the same as they were before. And then as I move over to sphere-based regions, then at first it's going to be just kind of a death thing, I guess. And to make them fairly common, those will just be common areas. The whole idea of undead in general was going to be um, generalized to the notion of a curse, and that could just be some random sphere-based thing. There could just be a bunch of fire fire deer and fire elk and fire chipmunks in the fire. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, the cheesy thing that you'd expect out of the game after a while. And, yeah. um, I mean, of course we can get more sophisticated, but you don't start there. And, uh, then, then there's, yeah, there's these notions of things like, like infectious diseases and so on, um, which we were going to do not as undead or anything, but just the notion of an infectious disease was going to be part of this release with the venoms. But it was one of those things I had to read out on the list that I couldn't do diseases because I don't have the time. But it's that, that anything that's read on that list is pretty much fair game in the short term. So I'm not sure what, uh, what's going on after this, but you can start to move to more and more sophisticated disease models and have, uh, um, not just just models of their spread or whatever, which aren't ever going to be that sophisticated in Dwarf Fortress, but just just their effects. Um, as we get more and more venom effects and so on, that could actually like if you had a venom that could alter your behavior, then you can have a disease that can alter your behavior. And um, we already have Berserk Dwarves, so it wouldn't be that that far of a step to have a a venom and then an infectious disease that could make you berserk, and then you've essentially arrived at the 28 Days Later model. Um, Which is really bad news if you have your legendary, you know, <laughs> champions crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, you um, have to lock yourself. Maybe not through. so much. Oh, yeah. You could just bite someone in half. That could be the solution <laughs> to a lot of problems too. <laughs> yeah, well, assuming, no, assuming that he went crazy something. on the battlefield and not inside your fortress. Okay, well, we're back. Uh, we're going to ask some questions now from the forum. Um, I'd like to start offering the ball to Ampersand. And see what you want to ask. All right. This is a question from Armok on the forum. He seems very concerned about trees. Since it's a very long and detailed post, I'm going to compress it down to one little thing. Are uh, tree nerds going to get any love? Tree nerds? Love? Yeah. Um well, I mean, given how geology went, I'm assuming, uh, because we've got lots of botanists, resources, and so on. My, my, my father was a botanist for a little while. He got his master's degree in botany. And my mom has a giant garden and prepares plants, um, to this day. Always goes to plant shows and has this, this giant garden and so on. We go out in the woods all the time. I'm assuming that when I finally get to trees, and not just trees, but other plants, um, that there's going to be uh, more excess, if that's what you mean. Um, well, he's asking for stuff like um, trees um, eating individual tissues. On the yeah, outside. yeah, no, they're they're clearly, uh, yeah, they're clearly going to get, they're clearly going to get the. Uh, the animal treatment, and it's not. I mean, it's not just for the the sake of pure excess, but it's um, because 
if you want things like trees to pick up and walk around, um, yeah. and you want trees to be interesting and just trees to fit into the general system, uh, it needs to be that way. And, yeah, uh, stuff like, um, circulatory systems in trees that bring the water up in the ground and, yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things like, like if you want to actually see, you know, which, which flows are flowing which way and how much nutrients are flowing around and stuff. Well, it's not going to be more than creatures have and creatures don't really care much about their blood now either. It's like, it's not like yeah. tracking the molecules and stuff. So <laughs> there's going to be, uh, there's going to be certain, uh, certain excess in the trees. And I'm sure, I'm sure some of the tree people will be happy to have tree type things that are, more tree-ish than what you generally get when you're modeling trees. Um, I, but I don't remember every concern he had. I saw that post. It was a large green post. And uh, I think the important thing is that the stuff you do end up modeling is realistic, kind of like the geography or geology stuff. Yeah. Kind of like the rocks, yeah. kind of. Yeah. It doesn't need qualities. to be perfect as long as it's serviceable. Yeah. Well, and as long as there are, there are a few few um, few things for the tree nerds to be happy about, we like we like happy tree nerds. Happy like tree. If you could suck up the sap, even that would probably be. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, yeah, it'd be gotta cool. Have, gotta it, have. Yeah, yeah. For the extracts, all of the extracts that we've currently got, mushrooms and all that kind of stuff, and for all of that to be kind of um, fit into the creature system would be cool. Like if a sweet pod were actually like a sweet pod instead of what it is now is just a list of materials. I mean, there are plant materials now. Plants get, you know, uh, you can have a plant with several materials that, but they're just associated to different jobs and so on, rather than being something that has something to do with the with a plant's structure. Um, and that that should probably change, especially if you want to tie them into creatures. Let's see. I had a note card here. Let's see. Oh, I was drawing on it. Okay. Uh, G-Flex from the IRC asks, will the new cavern system exist in every biome? I think he means, like, will there be the chance for, like, an underground lake to exist, you know, in the middle of a field that doesn't have a mountain on it? Yeah, yeah. Right now, yes, everything is everywhere. I think there. I think it might cut off the top two layers in the ocean just because I was running out of space and you never really go down there anyway. Um um, because the ocean is deep down, but the uh, the everything else is everywhere. They're they're very. I mean, they're probably more independent than they should be. I mean, uh, certain places that don't have water have water deep down, but certain places that don't have water shouldn't have water deep down either. And um, so so some of it's even a little weird. But no matter where you start your fortress, it's not like I mean, especially the, I mean, the main concern would be like. In the game now, I think everything's just in the mountains, right? And so it's it's uh, it's definitely different from that. They're they're everywhere. Will animals uh, be eating soon? Like wolves devour a corpse and not like having to eat. Oh, so 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 kind of like 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 predatory interactions and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a goal for uh, for the. Uh, so so right now there's there's some some I, I don't remember if it's a bloat or whatever but it but it says g- g- getting rid of this whole peaceable kingdom model we have right now where the lion is next to the sheep is next to the elephant and, and they're all cheerful together and they just don't like you <laughs> and that that should definitely change I mean there shouldn't be wolves coming on killing things all the time or something but uh, you definitely definitely want to see stuff like that occasionally. 
And things like adventure mode, it, it would be fun to kind of wander around and see see the animals being animals instead of being uh, whatever it is they are now that doesn't act at all like regular animals. And it's not static. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just it's kind of silly the way it is now, and it's not that hard to change. But it's one of those things that also isn't super high on the priority scale uh, compared to other stuff. But it's something that I'd like to change at some point. And um, yeah, and 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 further, I mean, I don't remember if there was an element of that question that had anything to do about livestock eating or your pets eating, but that's a whole other uh, a whole other can of, yeah. can of worms because uh, they used to do that. But it was bad because <laughs> they can eat you out of your fortress, and like a deer would go to your barrel and whip a whip a mushroom out of there and eat out of the barrels and stuff. It was a pet, pet deer or whatever, and it's yeah, it's just a lot of trouble. So we have to be careful when we put it back in. I have a question. Um, will dwarves ever be able? This is from Pi. Will dwarves ever be able to figure out an order for digging on their own that doesn't involve their death or trapping? Um, so, I mean, I, I imagine he's talking about like digging a channel or something and then becoming surrounded or something like that. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's the, yeah, we already have how to do that and so on. We just need to do it. And it's, it's not, I mean, I imagine there are some weird configurations where it's difficult, but certainly for digging and, and, and placing floodgates, you know, things that get them trapped in stupid ways. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to fix that. Um, not quite sure when again, but, uh. We know how to do it, and it shouldn't take that long. Okay. Yeah, that kind of relates to one thing I noticed about the pathfinding system that's fused with a. It looks like sixteen by sixteen blocks that are. Yeah, used. yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of times when you get this kind of artificial behavior, stuff where so, people start from the northwest or whatever, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of that needs to be fixed. Some of it's harder to fix because. Uh, the distance calculations would require doing a pathfind, which would be expensive. But um, it can be fixed uh, over time, especially if the pathfinding system gets a revision. Yeah. Some, something that um, the um, community is really excited about is is the new arena mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that going to be at all connected to the the uh, other modes, or is that totally separate? Uh, right now, it doesn't even load your world. It just loads the raw folder from your world. I mean, they're completely, completely separated right now, um, right. and it's just for testing. Now, there's, there's, there are notions, associated notions, like having an arena in adventure mode and so on, and that's a right. different, that's a different thing. It's a completely right. different thing. Um, so yeah, right now it's just to, just, just to kind of test things out and read I mean, the combat what, reports and so on. What I was thinking, it would be fun to be able to grab, you know, your adventure party or your <laughs> You know your dwarves, and then plop them in there, and then grab a titan or whatever, and plop him in there, and then have them duke it out in a kind of uh, artificial environment where it's, you know, not actually affecting your your fortress, but yeah, I, mean, I have I've, there's there's this I mean I guess that 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 gives rise to to an ambivalence over the whole arena concept <laughs> in general because um, right now when the, when the game is released. It, 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 it's put together with, um, it'll, it will be put together with the arena off. You'd have to go into the init file to turn it on because if you can just create a dwarf with, uh, adamantine sword fighting two dragons, it kind of messes up <laughs> the experience, um, when it happens in your fortress, if you're a new player. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of things here that need to respect the new players. And in the same way, if you can just go into your fortress, pick your your 
favorite champions out and pick out the mega beasts and then have them fight. It's something that that should be kind of a default off world. I mean, I'm not totally against it, but I think it should be something that's a default off world parameter setting. So so the world parameter setting would be something like can nab historical figures for arena play. <laughs> and then you can set that to yes, and that means that you've created that world knowing that you can spoil it for yourself. And uh, I think just as, I mean, I don't really mind any kind of spoiler type stuff that you do yourself as long as it's not the default behavior and as long as it's not super, super easy, accessible, press of a button, hey, I can mess up my game type thing. Uh, cool. I think it is really important for new people to kind of get um, to see their first dragon when it's attacking their fortress, blowing the crap out of them or whatever. The 13th Ronin from the forums asks, do you ever play any of the mods for Dwarf Fortress in your spare time? And if so, which one is your favorite? Um, well, I guess it's short. I just haven't, haven't done it. <laughs> uh, I read about them. I know people like orcs and so on, um, to kill them. And, uh, and, and so, but I, I haven't, I haven't tried any of them myself. I mean, I guess I've seen mods though when I, when I load, um, because oftentimes I'll get a bug report and the save will just be, you know, a total conversion or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and so they need to send their mods. And then so I've, I've loaded up fortresses before and I'm like, these are all dragon men. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, uh, and so, so I've seen them there, but I've never, yeah, I've never, I've never, I've never played with the mod because it's kind of like if, um, if, if I wanted something in the game, I'd, I'd probably just put it in or whatever. So, um, mm-hmm. Uh, most of the, when it comes to that kind of thing, um, and uh, yeah, I'm not really curious about how how playing with other races is because I know it's I know it's kind of buggy and I know I want to kind of more fully support it later, so I haven't really tried it out. Um, yeah. So, um, do you ever plan on having some HFS that isn't immediately out to kill you? Um. So, uh, like, like, now when we say HFS, uh, we're referring to, to, uh, to the stuff that's underground or whatever, um, well, and a creature any, instead of just a location or? Well, I'm talking about just any hidden feature that's just not immediately apparent, you know. Oh. Something that's not for the, something that would be considered spoilers, basically. So, 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 so a non-violent spoiler or something? I'm, I'm like, um, right now, I don't think there's anything, <laughs> at least nothing that has been found. I mean, I mean, uh, people have discovered the other little jokes and Easter eggs I put in. I think everything's been found now. Um, and, uh, except maybe one thing. And, um, then Ooh, tell us what it is. <laughs> well, I don't remember. See, I don't remember. Has, has everyone found all of the, uh, adventure quitting jokes? <laughs> yes, because there are a couple of them. There's the retirement joke and the quitting joke. Those are the only ones I wasn't sure if people had found them or not. Okay, because you have to stay in the same place or whatever and do nothing <laughs> for a long time, and okay. then 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 try and quit, and it'll tell you a joke. <laughs> That's <cool. laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean as far as Easter eggs. Um, because I wasn't sure. See, the thing I wasn't sure about with the question is like, is it just about other Easter eggs, or does it mean will there be peace, peaceful, peaceful large creatures or something? Because that's that's because about the hidden fun stuff. It, it's obviously the stuff that's deep underground and yeah. Because you pretty much. I mean, well, I guess if I guess if you if you if you mean like, will I suddenly open up a giant 
you know, happy gem chamber with the gnomes that say, come, here's our treasure or something. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know what's... I mean, we haven't done anything yet, but certainly having everything underground not be completely evil is a reasonable suggestion. It's not something we've really done a lot with. So. <laughs> it's still pretty bad so down far. there. Yeah. In some ways, it's easier to have everything attack you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, what would you put down there that isn't already, um, uh, just good mineral veins and stuff? It would be some kind of, like, buried temple with, with, with golden chalices in it or something. And it's, it's like, some of those things feel weird to add without having fuller notions of gods and magic and stuff. I mean, the, uh. Also, stuff like, uh, just other fortresses that are lost and abandoned, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, the, the problem with that, comes to um, comes to world generation the fact it knows where everything is kind of and and if you had lost dwarves they'd be dwarves that were not accounted for in the historical figures or something with their location I mean it's not it's not it's not unreasonable because the forgotten beasts are like that the ones that live underground but the um, they're just I mean I'm, I'm just I'm not trying to explain why I don't have the stuff or I'm, I'm not trying to explain why I'm never going to have the stuff I'm trying to explain why there's a bit of inertia to adding a diversity of things um, rather than just adding simple simple underground diversity. I know people have asked for all kinds of things. There was a giant underground diversity thread, and we've only scratched the surface. Um, the giant land turtle. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> the giant oh. land turtle? Giant Did land turtle. Yeah, there was a giant thread, wasn't there? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of silly. Uh, well, Using it's... mechanisms to control its brain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So no. I'm, yeah. No. People will probably be disappointed, but there'll be stuff down there anyway. <laughs> I have a question here from um, I like pie, and um, the question is, what will you be able to do uh, with the exposed guts? <laughs> Can you rip them out, cut them apart, etc.? Well, I have a uh, I have a bloat up there for um, um. For all the wonderful things you'll be able to do the exposed guts, strangle other people with them, strangle the victim with them, uh, chop them up and uh, set them on fire and um, all that kind of thing. Right now, you can do a few things with the exposed guts, I believe. The one I haven't tested yet is that I believe if, if guts have popped out that you can just hack them with your sword as kind of a random attack, uh, just as like any other attack. The one I have tested is that if the guts have popped out, you can grab them and pinch them. Pinch, pinch, pinch your guts. So it's, it's not, we haven't fully realized the promise of exposed guts yet, but, um, I'm betting that over time it'll become a intriguing, um, intriguing, uh, game mechanic, the exposed guts. But yeah, right now it's, it's not that interesting. They pop out, but, <laughs> pinching pinching someone's guts doesn't bother them as much as having them have popped out in the first place. So, uh, also, yeah. I like pie. Also asks, you know, as kind of a follow up question, he says, "Do you like pie?" Um, it depends on the kind of pie. Doesn't it? <laughs> like with everybody, my favorite pies are uh, I like key lime pie, and I sort of like lemon meringue pie. Not really into like big chunks of fruit and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I like certain pies. That's true.
I have a question here from Nyanovec. So from the first time I heard Tony mention that gods will be wandering around the world, however extrapolated it is, I've been interested to know how far gods will go. Will gods have roles, jobs, goals in their own planes? And how will people outside the heavens even know what goes on there? And lastly, how will you represent the time scale gods work at? Um, so the, uh, it's not, it's not clear right now exactly what's going to happen. I mean, right now the gods are fake, right? So, <laughs> um, as essentially what's, what's going to, um, What's going to come in over time, I guess, are, are more, more along the lines of just those, those kind of, um, kind of Greek mythological tinkering and so on. Uh, I don't really have ideas about, um, anything like, like it would be handled in D&D or something where they just kind of are like power-ups or whatever. Uh, so they should, they should, it should be based on their, um, on their, on their little personalities and so on and what little things they want to do. And as far as within their own, their own hierarchy, I mean, there's a lot of notions about like celestial hierarchies and so on. I mean, you have, you, you can have a, a, a king or queen of the gods that orders the other ones around, but it depends on what their, what their, what their, uh, what their goals are, like you're saying. So it's like, what, what do you want them to do? Uh, so on. And what kind of weird mystical stuff is there that people don't understand? I mean, unless you can take part in it, it's not, that important or it's even hard to define um we were thinking of letting you do that later on actually letting you assume the role of 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 some kind of deity over the uh over the the world perhaps with others other other gods as well and at that point you know that kind of 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 things that gods actually have to do uh as relates to each other and not to the planes themselves um become more important and um as far as time scale goes the uh <laughs> well it's 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 hard to um it's it's hard to say again mostly because things can work in dwarf fortress in in a couple of ways you either work at the time scale moving forward um as slow as adventure mode at at dwarf mode speed it can go any speed as long as it's moving forward or you can pause time Going backward or anything like that is is basically impossible without just kind of scrapping and abstracting or whatever. So, so if you're talking about kind of weird time travel type stuff, it's basically going to be impossible. But if if but uh, you know if gods worked at kind of a, the one stepping speed from uh, dwarf fortress where you can move forward a little bit and then do something like in dwarf mode, you basically have control over time in that way. Um, or if you want to pause time and jump between different places and so on, uh, certainly anything that's within the power of a god to do should be uh, should be easy to do. But like I said, we haven't we haven't quite uh, thought about uh, specifics there, especially the kind of in, intra godly politics type stuff you're talking about. This is from Bruce. How often do you play Dwarf Fortress just for fun, or if at all? Um, I used to play it a little bit more, uh, especially, I mean, I, I'm kind of a fan of just, uh, at least back when, um, I don't know how well you can really choose tasks and run around now, but it was always fun to just attack a cave over and over in uh, adventure mode or something. Uh, I usually only play dwarf mode before I'm testing a release, but when I do that, I can, I can, I can, uh, get pretty into a fortress for, for a while. Although usually I end up 
just stopping and fixing bugs and stuff when I see them and so on. So it's, it gets to be a bit of a hassle. It's, it's hard for me to sit down and, and just, just play it now. I mean, one of our goals for starting this thing was, um, was to make a game we could play ourselves, but, uh, it's not quite to that point yet. I think when we add, add a bit more with, um, diplomacy and inter-civilization stuff or get adventure mode up to the point where, it, you know, it's fun to play because it's really, I mean, it's not that fun to play, especially if you consider it from like a role-playing perspective. Uh, it's just not that fun. Uh, once those are a little, a little more fleshed out, I'll probably find myself playing the game more. But as it stands now, I don't, I don't, I don't play that much outside of testing. <laughs> we can hear uh, scamps there in the background. Going <laughs> yeah, nuts. he's 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 been locked out of the room for what three hours now, and uh, the idea was to uh, make it so that he didn't disturb the call. But I guess he's doing his best uh, <laughs> to get on. Uh, so yeah, no, if you can hear him, uh, that's him. <laughs> I have one from Hishan. Says, what do you think about the 3D utilities for Dwarf Fortress, like 3D Dwarf, Life Viz, or Kazard? And would you ever consider using such a system in the main Dwarf Fortress program? Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, if if you want to consider it, uh, the visualizer is such a system; and it's garbage. But uh, so, so I mean, clearly, I I don't I don't mind the the overall concept of having a 3D representation or something. Um, and I think it's cool that the the those are there uh, so that people can see their fortresses. Um, I get a little more uncomfortable when it moves over to the territory of, you know, we're going to have a 3D interface for the game and, and, and write a whole front end or whatever. But, uh, to the extent that there's static visualization programs, I think they're really cool. And I think it's great that people can kind of see their fortresses. And I've really enjoyed a lot of the pictures I've seen of people posting of, you know, giant bridges, giant statues and cathedrals and all kinds of things that they've been working on. I think it's really cool. I mean, for me to actually, Sit down and do something like that. I mean, obviously, my first attempt was a was a total failure. So I'm not really eager to get back into it myself, but I uh, <laughs> could, could do it at some point. Um, yeah, I I really did enjoy the one of the the huge dam with the dwarf carved in the side of it, or whatever <laughs> they did. Yeah, that I don't was know. amazing. Yeah, I don't even know if I saw that one because uh, I've only seen the uh, I've only seen certain ones, and I haven't seen any recently. Do one of you guys have that? Uh... Oh yeah, this is this is it here, uh, Tarn. Yeah, let me see if I've seen this one. It's the, it's the first spoiler one. All right, 3D visualization. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I've seen that picture, but I didn't even notice the face. <laughs> An idiot. There it is. There's a big green face. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Baboon not. Baboon Naza? Baboon Naza? Nanza. Nanza. Baboon Nanza. Baboon Nanza. Thank you. <laughs> Bonanza. <laughs> I like how the visualizer has like trees and stuff that are all like tree-like. The slice tool in action. Yeah, it just kind of highlights how bad my rivers are. <laughs> it's like there's these lines kind of cutting through the nice forest landscape. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. I had a, I had one more question to ask you, Tarn, and uh, so did Captain Tastic. Captain Tastic, go first. Dear Toady, what does your day look like? Um, yeah, well, they pretty much all look the same, uh, unless it's the end of the month like this, because this is an unusual day. But uh, I, I I get up um, 
afternoon. <laughs> Today I got up at three. I usually get up from one to three sometime. And, um, then I'll usually turn my computer on and look at, uh, all of the horrible things that have happened with moderator reports and so on. <laughs> See what's going on on the forums and, uh, what kind of things people have done. And, uh, reply to um, emails and, and so on. That can take a lot of time. And, uh, um, Oftentimes I don't, I mean, I don't even get a chance to program anymore. There's a lot to do, uh, up until around seven o'clock, cause my brother will usually come over around seven o'clock and then we'll, we'll plan stuff out, uh, talk about the month end project or talk about Dwarf Fortress and whatever we're working on. And that can last a couple of hours. Um, and then I usually start, uh, I mean, sometimes I program during the mornings, like if I don't want to do the email and stuff, but, uh, then I'll start programming seriously, um, starting in the evening after, um, I'm done with my brother, uh, which can be anywhere from, you know, nine to midnight or whatever, and just work until whenever the devlog goes up five, six, seven, my time. And, uh, so sometimes I don't even get a full day of programming in anymore. And sometimes I can still manage my, you know, big 12, 13 hour things, but, um, yeah, not a whole else go, lot goes on here though. I usually go to the, the Albertsons that's right next to my house in the morning and, um, get a, get a drink or whatever, a couple of drinks and a sandwich or something. But yeah, not a whole, whole, whole lot going on here. <laughs> well, the, the main question that I think the whole community wants to know, and this is kind of dovetailing on a, uh, uh, argument that's been going around for years about Dwarf Fortress is how do you pronounce Urst? The U-R-I-S-T. That yeah. name. <laughs> of course, we haven't decided on any phonetic information for the languages yet, which is something that's going to go in. Uh, but just in my own mind or whatever, uh, when I saw that question, because I saw that question, it kind of polluted it forever. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I say urist or urist or urist or urist or whatever? I think I've used all of them um, since I saw that question. I'm pretty sure that that question had an answer before I saw it. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, but in the end, I'm not. I'm not sure what the phonetic information is going to be like. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those superfluous, superfluous things, um, like, but, but it's one of those things that's fun to know as well, uh, what the languages actually sound like and, and so on. And I mean, maybe there'll be regional variations. We can have regional variations in the phonemes between the, the different dwarven civilizations so that, so that some of them might say urist and some of them might say urist and some of them or might urst. say, yeah, urst. <laughs> Or, uh, yeah, they can, they can do the things where you add, add A's and R's and stuff on the end and, or cut off the T entirely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I have to disappoint, uh, that I don't really have an answer. I don't have an official answer, but, uh, if people want to, want to, um, you'll probably be able to change the phonemes if I put them in. They'll just be sitting there in a raw file. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Although I hate to write up the phonetic representations of every, Every words, so probably they'll work with the with the alphabet representations when they're trying to come up with their phonemes. Uh, so it'll it'll have an answer sometime. <laughs> illustrated very clearly how absurdly awesome this game is. <laughs> nothing but trouble, nothing but trouble coming from me. 
All right, guys, I think we're going to close it now. Thanks, Tarn, for all your uh, hard work on Dwarf Fortress. And uh, thank you, Ampersand and Captain Tastic no problem. for helping us out here. Uh, I'm Rainseeker, and uh, Tarn, would you please uh, serenade us out? Little baby scamps, he's a little legend. He's a small animal, he has no tail. There you go. That's my. That's all the singing you're going to get out of me today. That's right, he's a little cat, though. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we sing that song to the cat all the time. Thanks, everybody, for... Uh, for coming and uh, for listening to the podcast and stay tuned next month for uh, more Dwarf Fortressy goodness that's right that's right Let's watch the little numbers. Let's watch them go up and up and up. Or not. (laughs) What are you doing, numbers? Come on. Come on, little numbers. 53. Come on, 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 Mac and Mac, 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 Mac and Mac, Mac, gonna get my numbers going up above 54 with a stack. So basically right then is where I'd cut it and then... That's play. right. That's okay, right. Oh, okay. So we're not... Are we gonna listen to it now or is it... No, 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 it's, no. Uh, it's post <laughs> She got me all psyched up. I'm all like in my <laughs> listening stance. I'm gonna... Music. Cleansing music. It'll cleanse your karma, your soul. Your, yeah. Your, what song is it? It's like... I, I, the Mr. It's, Clean commercial? It's, <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's heavy metal. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's a... Here we Yeah, this, there, that's kind of cleansing. It's one of those major ninth chords. The sitar, right? <laughs> Almost. Of course, my, my, uh, my guitar's out of tune. I haven't tuned it for a while, and I've got my, uh, my headphones, uh, Cord is going over the strings and making them all tinny, but oh, it's actually huh. Cody playing. Yeah, yeah, that was, was him playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but is that the song that's going to be in the? No, final? no, I was just trying to cleanse you because you seem <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> you're, like, you're like playing with my heart here. <laughs> you yeah, need to record that some... as a sound effect for your game. <laughs> Cobol- he, he has something like that in Cobalt Quest. <laughs> oh, what, what are the voices from Cobalt Quest? Uh, that's awesome. just me, me being just, weird. Just you, okay. Stop <laughs> Yeah. There's three more for everyone you everyone kill, but you killed, gotta, but you start, gotta somewhere. start somewhere. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's still not recording. Oh, bam! There it goes. It just dropped two megs <laughs> into the file. Come on, little numbers. Come on, little numbers. Playing with my heart here. <laughs> hey guys, this is Rainseeker, and I'm frankly quite surprised you've made it this far, and I really appreciate you listening, but man, I've got nothing left to give. Just go play Dwarf Fortress or something. <laughs>